Welcome to Refuge Fellowship, and we're here today to bring a message, one more message that will speak to your heart. And I'd like to open this prayer with uh, a passage on uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Um, Paul is urging uh, Timothy and our brothers and sisters like you to pray. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So uh, Paul is asking and urging us to be praying, and this is what we're going to do now. We want to pray, first of all, uh, for this service, for the message, and also we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we also pray for the authorities of this country and this nation and all nations on earth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for this time together. Uh, we're about to hear your word. We know that it comes from your heart to our hearts and to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray, Lord, that you you have already anointed this word. So you have anointed uh, Pastor Aaron uh, to bring this message to us. So we ask, Lord, that you uh, quiet our hearts and we, you open our minds, our wisdom, so we can hear and uh, fix this word in our hearts, and we may practice it on our daily lives. We pray all this in the most precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Ricardo, for opening this up in prayer. Welcome again to Refuge Fellowship. It's just great to have everyone here today. I've missed you guys so much. It just... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it feels really like an eternity since we've been able to fellowship together. And I do really miss that personal one-on-one fellowship, uh, just to be able to come and conversate with you, pray with you, and just hear what God has been doing in your life. So as I mentioned that, I just want to also just remind you, if you have any prayer request, please text us, message us. We would love to be praying for you. If you have any praise reports or testimony of what God has been doing in your life, or maybe he's even spoke a special word to you, please share that with us. Share the goodness of God with us so we can praise him together as a group of believers, as a fellowship. Again, it's just a privilege to be here with you today. Uh, I'm just so just blessed and privileged just to come before you to share God's word. If you got your Bibles, you're going to need them, so make sure and grab them because we're definitely going to be in God's word today. And again, I just want to pray again just for my, myself real quick. Join me, please. Heavenly Father, I just pray for an anointing of your Holy Spirit. I just pray now that these words would not be my words, Lord, but they would be your words, Lord, that we would hear from you. We wouldn't hear from a man, but we would hear through from you, through your spirit speaking through us, Lord, that your words in this page of our Bibles, Lord, would just speak to us. They would just cut deep into our souls, Lord. They would, they would minister to us, Lord. They would guide us, Lord. They would encourage us, Lord. They would just bring forth something through your Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord, that we could rest on this week, Lord, that we could go forward in following you this week. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless. All right, if you got your Bibles, I want to read a scripture before we get going. The scripture, I was studying on it earlier this week, and I just thought it was so relevant to our passages that we'll be studying. So if you got your Bibles, open up to Romans. Romans 10, verse 14. I found this so just applicable to everything going on in the world today. 
especially in our times now. Again, that's Romans chapter 10, verse 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. That's 16 and 17 also. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Amen. I just think this is so applicable to what's going on. I think right now there's the church is needed more than ever. The good news is needed more than ever. And yet we're called to go out to be the feet, to be the messengers. And I think the problem is so many people are impacted through what's going on through this COVID. They're so full of fear and not trusting the Lord that they're hiding in their houses in fear of getting a virus while others are at risk of perishing eternal death. And I just, I felt just called deeply from the Holy Spirit to share that, that we need to repent of this fear that we have. We don't, we don't have to fear this. We need to use wisdom, that's true. But there's people out there that need to hear the good news. They need to hear the gospel. They need to hear that they can have their sins forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. And I just, I don't know, that's been on my heart lately. As we look at what we're studying today, we're not going to be in Romans, but we have been going verse by verse through the gospels. And there's been so much happening and so much taking place. And it's been real exciting for me. It's been almost four years I've been going through the Gospels. And we're closing in on completing the series. I think we only have three or four more weeks left before we will be completed completely through the Gospels. And as I've done that and spent the time in there, as we've been able to walk alongside Jesus, to walk alongside the disciples, I just pray that all of us have come to understand more about Jesus and his love for each one of us. Before we get going, I want to just a real quick review. Um, many of you were with us last week. We actually met on Zoom, and we were able just to communicate and talk and fellowship with one another face-to-face, even though it was on a screen. Uh, it was nice. It was a blessing uh, just to be able to really just talk with each other, get updates from the different people, and find out how God has been working, to get prayer requests and some praise reports. We heard some amazing prayer reports. We heard how God is using the different online resources to grow Solomon May's music school. We also heard amazing prayer reports, how a parcel of land has been donated to have a faith-based university. So even among all these things going around in our world today, God is still working. Then the week before, I don't know if you remember, but we, uh, we, shared, we shared about the vision, uh, the vision for the leadership here at Refuge for the upcoming year. I hope you are a part of that and see how we really have, we believe as God has called us to the, all these different ministries that we have here so we can reach the lost here in Myanmar, especially in Yangon. If you can remember way back, we got to go back three weeks ago. I don't know how many of you remember. We were in John chapter 20, verses 3 through 18. All right, I don't know if you remember, but it was Sunday morning, and the two disciples had just heard. They'd heard from Mary, remember? They had heard that Jesus' body was missing from the tomb. Then they ran, remember? They ran, but we remember one was faster than the other to arrive to the tomb so they could investigate. And what did they find? Remember, they found an empty tomb. And then if you can remember back three weeks ago, it was Mary. It was Mary who was first visited by Jesus. Jesus is alive. And then 
she went back. She went back to share with the disciples that Jesus is alive. This was amazing, right? Now, we're going to have to wait until next week to really read and study our Bibles to see the response to this wonderful news that Jesus is alive. Because today we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up there. Now, the interesting is this story that we're going to study in Luke chapter 24, it's taking place at the same time as Mary was either heading or speaking to the disciples about seeing Jesus, that Jesus was alive. So we're going to start today in Luke, and it's the, the walk to Emmaus. So if you're there, let's start in verse 13 and 14. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. This story that we're reading, I mean, I just said it, but this is happening on the very same day of Jesus' resurrection. This very same day that the women and Mary and the two disciples had been told that Jesus is alive. It's only maybe hours later that these two followers here, these two followers of Jesus, they had given up hope. They were returning home. They were returning back to their city, back to what they knew. Now, we don't know too much really about these two followers of Jesus. We do, if, as we read later, we do see that we will maybe know what, we know one of their names. Now, maybe they could have been two brothers uh, traveling together. Maybe they were a husband and wife. We don't even know. We don't know much about them. Now, it's very likely that their home was located in Emmaus, the town of Emmaus. But interesting, we are not even exactly sure where this town was located. So this story in our Bibles, it begins with two people that we really don't know anything about, that are from a town that we really don't know anything about, or exactly where it was located. I find that interesting. I mean, what was so special about these two people that we're reading about this story in our Bibles 2,000 years later? There was nothing special about them just as probably many of us. What's special about them and this story is what's going to happen to them and the testimony that they will have to share about Jesus. That's what's special. I just see a great lesson right there, a lesson that we can learn from this story already. It's not about the followers, but it's about who they would encounter. I mean, think about that for all of us. So what is your story about? Think about this question as we study this story in Luke today. So I'm going to ask you a little bit later about your own story. Now look back on these verses. Look back there. I found this first verse so interesting. As these persons that are spoken about here are referenced as Jesus followers. And they're references, referenced as followers of Jesus, even though we will read later that their faith as followers had wavered, or they had stumbled. And for sure, they misunderstood and did not have a correct understanding of who Jesus is. So I had to think about this, and I had to ask myself questions. What qualifies one to belong to or to be a follower of Jesus? Is to be a follower of Jesus or to belong to Jesus, is it because you have rock-solid faith or a perfect biblical understanding of who Jesus and God 
is, well, then can one be a follower of Jesus even if their faith wavers? Or what about if their understanding of Jesus or God is not complete or even they have some things wrong about who they think Jesus is? Or maybe they don't even really know anything about their Bible. Can they still be considered followers of Jesus? What qualifies someone to be a follower of Jesus? Why were these men called followers of Jesus when they were walking away from their faith, walking away from fellowship of other believers? I don't know exactly in this story, but I, I, th- I felt like touching on this. To be a follower of Jesus today, one must have faith, one must have repentance, and one must have surrendered their lives to Jesus, who is the Son of God. Jesus is the one who came to earth. He came to earth as a man and had the sins of this world and my sins placed upon him. He paid the price for each one of our sins, which was death. But then Jesus defeated sin. He defeated death. He rose from the grave. Jesus is alive. Faith in this Jesus, that's what a person needs to be a follower, to have eternal life, to believe in Jesus, to have a personal relationship with with God, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because then, then, he will reveal even greater truths about who he is. A follower of Jesus is one who has came to faith, repentance, and surrendered their lives to Jesus. This is a lifelong process, though, I will tell you. It's a commitment, and it's lifelong. But once a person's heart is given to Jesus, they are saved from their sin, and they share in Jesus's that same resurrection power that we're talking about and his glory. Now, I'm not sure why I felt like talking about this and sharing all this. Uh, I mean, just by this verse 13, as he's talking about these two followers, and I think they were two confused followers. But I felt it's so important that we know what it is and what it means today to belong to Jesus and to be a follower of Jesus. Now, let's get back to the passages. Let's look at verses 15 and 16. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. Jesus had chose to walk alongside these two followers, these two confused followers that were walking away, going back home. As they were walking away from the fellowship of the other believers, walking away from fellowship of the disciples, walking away from their faith in Jesus, because they had been stumbled by their own misconceptions of who Jesus was. The resurrected Jesus was with them, walking with them. Yet for some reason, it says here, God didn't allow these men to recognize who Jesus was at the time. I, I read stuff like this and I ask, what, why didn't God just let these two know that Jesus was walking with them? Why did he hold this back from them at the time? I'm not exactly sure why uh, God let this story go this way. But I do believe, I believe that he, God wanted these two followers to work out or to come to their own faith before Jesus was fully shown to them. Jesus was walking with them as they talked As they discussed, they were discussing about who he was and what had happened to him. Think about that. I wonder how often maybe this even kind of happens today. Think about this. Think about maybe two people sitting down. Maybe maybe it's a person trying to share the gospel with another person. 
Maybe they're sitting there and they're trying to, they're talking, they're talking about who Jesus is. They're trying to define what he has done. You know, I think just as this story, I think Jesus is there the whole time with these two talking about who he is, what he has done. And I think we've read it before. Jesus prays. He's praying for these hearts to be softened, for these hearts to change. For them, these two men, and for in any conversation that they would come to faith. I think Jesus was speaking to their hearts. I don't know about you, but I, I, I picture this happening even today. And it's just a beautiful picture that I see as people would wonder who Jesus is and what he's done. Because Jesus is there among these conversations, praying, praying for faith, praying for hearts to be softened. Well, let's see what's going to happen. Let's continue. Let's look at verses 17 through 18. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. Can you, I ask all the time, can you imagine yourself in this story walking on this road? Imagine this conversation taking place. This was a huge deal to these two, right? A big deal. And this other guy walks up. He has no clue, no idea what they're talking about. I think about, like, today's context. I like to do that. Say there's two of us, right? And you're walking along, walking to the market, and you're having a conversation. And, you know, today's topic is all about coronavirus, right? I mean, we'd be talking about coronavirus and talking about what's going on in the world and how it's affected each one of you and uh, discussing, um, like, our reaction to the pandemic and what each of us, how we should react or what it should look like. Um, you know, asking questions. You know, should you wear a mask? Or should you not wear a mask? Or maybe should you just stay home? Or maybe you shouldn't stay home. Maybe there's this herd immunity is real, right? Maybe you should just get out. Or maybe it's all fake news. Or maybe it's all real news. Imagine discussing this, right? Is discussing, is church really that important? Or is it okay that we just all meet electronically on Zoom? Can you imagine this conversation taking place? It could get very emotional or maybe even controversial at times, right? A lot of different emotions coming up. Um, you know, today, coronavirus or COVID is the talk of the town. Every day in our house it's talked about, right? And then we look at the Bible, and on this conversation in Jesus' time, the story is about Jesus' crucifixion. That was the talk. That's what everyone was talking about. And I think they were probably even more passionate about talking about Jesus than we would be talking about coronavirus. They're asking questions, right? Was he the Messiah? Or was he just a false prophet? Was he alive? Or was he dead? Where did he go? Did these women really see angels? Are they just making up stories? Did we just, wait, these are, these are two followers of Jesus. Maybe they're saying, did we just waste our time following this man? What's next now? What are we going to do now? You imagine the conversation they were having walking down the road as Jesus is walking alongside them. You know, as I wrote these questions, I saw the answer to the last question I asked was the same for both conversations. What was the last question? What is next? What are we going to do now? Right? They were asking this after seeing what happened to Jesus. We're asking this now in our own lives after seeing the results of coronavirus and what's happening in our world around us. What is next? What are we going to do now? What's your answer? To live in fear like these guys? To turn and run? To turn from your faith? Or... Is it to trust God and his word? Let's get back to kind of the main point. 
imagine this conversation has taken place. Imagine you're discussing, as you're walking with your friend, about coronavirus. And someone comes up, right? Says, what are you guys talking about? What is this coronavirus? Could you imagine that happening today? What's coronavirus? I never heard of it. What are you guys talking about? In this case, who is this Jesus? What are you guys talking about? Would you have the same response as these two followers did? You must be the only person in the world who hasn't heard. What, have you been living in a cave? Jesus' death was a conversation that was happening among the people and the followers of Jesus. And they were extremely upset. Think about this. They seen that their hopes had just been hung on the cross and died. That's the way they probably viewed this. So let's continue. Let's continue on listening in on this conversation. Let's look at verses 19 through 21. What things, Jesus asked, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Jesus, he asked these followers of Jesus to retell the events of what had just happened. I thought about this. Imagine Jesus asking us to retell the events of what happened to Jesus during them three days. What would your story sound like? How would you tell this story? If we see, if you look at the verses, the followers had most of the facts pretty much correct, right? I mean, you look there, they had it pretty much right. He was a man from Nazareth. He, he was a prophet. He did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of the Lord and the people. And he was handed over by the religious leader and crucified him. But they made one mistake, didn't they? They're missing the best part. Jesus is alive. He is risen. They missed that part. That's what people miss today. Jesus is alive. He has saved the world from its sin. Jesus saved all that would come to faith from death. I pray, and I thought about this as I looked at this sermon, I pray that no person that I have ever met, that I have ever talked to would say, like these people, I had hoped. I had hoped. Many people in the world come to a point, they say they believe in Jesus. They believe that Jesus has the answers they are seeking, but they never come to faith. I had hoped. Because they misunderstood who Jesus is and what he has done for them. They hoped Jesus was something else than the Savior of the world. They were seeking, these men, people today, they're seeking redemption. But they were confused. They believed in a physical redemption. Just as many people today are seeking. They had hoped Jesus would free them from their worldly problem. But Jesus is so much bigger than that. Jesus will. He'll free us from the biggest problem. That's our sin. He does this by redeeming us, redeeming us to the Father God, allowing us to be forever free from our sin and have our rightful place in heaven. I hope no one will ever say, I had hoped, but they will come to faith. Let's continue. Look at verses 22 through 24. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said, His body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, 
just as the women had said. You know, as you look at this and you think about this and this, imagine this conversation taking place, I'm sure as they had this discussion, I'm sure many biblical passages, scriptures, were mentioned that it told about the Messiah. I'm sure these two were trying to understand what had taken place. But they didn't believe the report that was given. They didn't believe the scriptures that Jesus is alive. They had all the pieces of the puzzle. They had all of it. It appears they needed a little bit of help to complete it, to get that correct picture, that correct understanding of who Jesus is. I'm sure, too, as they were discussing, and Jesus was telling them, I'm sure Jesus' teachings, they had been with him, right? I'm sure they kept flashing in their minds, but they just couldn't grasp these spiritual concepts at this point. It's very apparent. Their doubt or their unbelief was still there. They were asking, why did this happen? This wasn't the way we expected the Messiah would come. It shouldn't have worked like this. This isn't the way it should have happened, right? Maybe some of us have been saying something similar in our own lives. This isn't, they said, this wasn't the way we expected the Messiah would come. It shouldn't work like this. How many times have we said that? This isn't the way I expect Jesus to work. The time upon us now, just as it was to these men, is to have faith. To repent of the fear, the unbelief, and just to lay our lives and surrender to Jesus. Jesus has some more to say here. Let's look at verses 25 through 27. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures... Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering in his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all, that says all, no, the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Jesus, he rebukes these men, right? He rebukes them for their ignorance. He rebukes them for their lack of faith. Then he gives him a history lesson, a biblical history lesson. I tell you, I, I can relate to being rebuked at times for lack of faith. I have also at times wavered in my own faith. And I, I've seen it. Each time that it seems to happen, the Holy Spirit will bring to my consciousness or my mind and my heart a long, long, long list how Jesus has always, always been faithful to me. I don't know if it works this way for you, but this is how it works for me. I have these milestones in my life that Jesus is faithful. Can you, I mean, look at this story. Can you imagine this taking place? Jesus is defending himself through the Old Testament to these two followers of Jesus. I'm not, we don't know for sure exactly what passages he went to, right? We don't know exactly. It doesn't say, but I could imagine. Let's just try to imagine, maybe. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. Maybe he started here. Again, we don't know, but I could imagine it'd be something like this. Genesis chapter 3, let's look at uh, verse 15. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then maybe, uh, I don't know, where do you think he'd go next? What do you, what do you think? Maybe he'd go to Isaiah. I don't know. What do you think? Isaiah 53, that's a great one to go to, right? Uh, maybe like verse 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. 
Wow. What about verse 7? He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. Uh, it continues. Uh, let's say verse 9. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. I don't know what scriptures uh, Jesus taught, but he says he went through the passages and he taught. Maybe he went to um, Zechariah chapter 12, or maybe then he went to Malachi chapter 3. Uh, you know, there's a lot of prophecies in there that he would have taught through. It would have been, this would have been the most amazing Bible study probably ever existence, right? I mean, Jesus himself defending that he was a Messiah through his words to these two followers. I, I wish somebody would have wrote it down, but we don't have it. We'll have to ask these two men when we get to heaven. Jesus was bringing these men back to faith, right? Back to repentance, back to where they needed to be through the word of God. Jesus clearly showed these men through the word who he was and who he is. He was bringing these two who were walking away, right? They were walking away to a knowledge, to a new understanding, an understanding that Jesus is alive, and that Jesus is with them. Even through the world around them would paint a completely different picture. What do you think we can learn from Jesus in this story as our own faith, as I shared, sometimes wavers? What do we do? We can draw closer to Jesus through reading the word. We can draw closer to Jesus when our faith is wavering, through fellowship with unbelievers. As we face all the times that we're facing today, we need to be in our Bibles. Because everything that's taking place today in the world around us is according to God's word. It's already in here. It's already talked about. It's already predicted. Let's turn back to Luke. Let's look at verses 28 through 31. By this time, they were entering Emmaus. and the end of their journey... Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. It's apparent these two followers, they were very, very interested in what they didn't know what Jesus had to say. So according to their customs, and surely wanting to hear more, they invited Jesus into their home, basically begging him to stay to reside with him for the evening. I don't know about you, but I see a picture of faith. Look at this story. They invite Jesus into their homes, into their lives, right? Then they have fellowship with Jesus. Then what happened? Their eyes then were opened. After they invited him in, after they had fellowship with him, their eyes were opened, and more than would be revealed. Let's read about that in 32 through 34. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. I want to ask everyone out there a very, very serious question. If you have stumbled and your faith has wavered and maybe you're walking the wrong direction, where do you turn? What do you do when this has happened? Think about that. I want to read a scripture. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You there? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to read the first six verses. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, 
of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. Is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you? Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. It continues on. Jesus used the scriptures in this story to bring these men back to faith, right? They came to a new understanding. They came to a place where they could look back and see that Jesus was with them as they were walking away. He was walking with them, even though they didn't understand why all that was in their lives had taken place or what had happened. They could look back. Something had changed now. Now, now they had an understanding that was supernatural, They said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Maybe some of you out there are doing well. Maybe your faith is very strong. But I ask, when is the last time you read your Bibles and God spoke to you in a way as these these two followers, these two disciples explained, hearts burning within us? Think about that. I'd like to give you a quote by Chuck Smith. I tell you, I get so excited just reading the word of God. I get so excited. There are times when I really can hardly contain myself. As God's Spirit begins to open up the Scriptures to me, just as I'm reading, the Spirit of God just, He opens them up. And I just get so excited. I can't describe to you how exciting it is to be taught by the Spirit, the truth of God's Word. And suddenly, just to have the understanding given to you and the Scriptures opened up to you. Isn't that amazing? When's the last time you read your Bible and you could explain your devotional time as Chuck Smith has described it here, or describe it as these two followers of Jesus have described it, right? To really be spoken to by the Holy Spirit. I think we need to spend more time in God's Word. And as I was reading these verses, you know, I saw so many lessons. We studied these two men who, they've left Jerusalem, they've left the Passover celebration, that very heavy hearts, right? They're very heavy hearts. Their, their entire focus now, as they were in the story, they were on how disappointed they were that Jesus wasn't the person they believed and hoped he was. Jesus hadn't done for these men what they had hoped. So they'd given up. They had turned from their faith in Jesus, and they were walking away from fellowship of other believers and walking away from Jesus. We should examine these men again. And why, why again, why had they turned and returned to their lives previous? Because they believed that Jesus had failed them. They had expectations of how and what Jesus should do for them. Was it that Jesus wasn't with them? No. Have you ever done this? I have. I've expected Jesus to perform in a certain fashion or act in accordance to my will, to free me from a problem, to provide for a certain need, to provide for me in some way that would please me, maybe even to prevent a certain sickness, a death, or some other traumatic event from taking place in my life. After all, I'm a Christian, right? Why should all these things happen to us? What was these men's reaction? What is our reaction to Jesus when we don't understand why or even what is happening in the world around us or to us? Do I come so immersed in my problems and my broken plans that I become blinded to what Jesus is doing right beside me? 
I believe this is happening all around us right now today. Everyone's lives, people around us everywhere, their lives have been flipped upside down due to this different things taking place in our world. So I asked you earlier, what do we do? What are we doing today? What is your story? What is your testimony? What's next? What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you do. You follow this story. You remain in faith. You turn from your fear. You turn from your worries about all this crazy world, this fallen world, and you seek Jesus in the midst of this. You seek him in his word. I really believe there's a revival in the works right now. And I would love, love to be a part of what the Lord is going to do. I'd love to be a part of watching and and seeing people come to know Jesus and know how much he loves them. There's so many people in the world right now that their understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for us is wrong. A commentary I wrote by Warren Risby, he said, They saw the glory of the kingdom, but they failed to understand the suffering. Time is coming soon, I believe. Today, there's more proof than ever that Jesus is alive, right? We have more proof than ever. Way more than these two men had at the time, right? We, I mean, you can just go simply. We, we have 500 witnesses they didn't even have. Uh, we know that we read our Bibles and we see all the prophecies that's been fulfilled. We have the Holy Spirit, right, testifying to us the truth, right, even today. The question is, the proof is there. It's by faith. Well, we accept what Jesus has done for each of us. He has paid the price of our sins on the cross. He's given us eternal life in heaven. Jesus is risen and alive and calling all to faith. I don't know if you noticed on the title of the message, I called this message, Dusting Off Your Knees, or Dusting Your Knees Off. The reason was, that's what I saw in this story with these two men. Because sometimes our faith can waver. And I believe right now in the world it's due to fear, right? And we can stumble, right? Even falling down at times as we're walking. And I ask that everyone out there, including myself, if we have done this, if we have stumbled, we have fallen due to fear, we need to reach up. Jesus' hand is there. Grab it. Stand back up. Stand firm in your faith. Dust yourself off. Have faith. Repent of their sin, which is fear, and go out and share your story. Go out and share what Jesus has done for you. Maybe some of you are like, well, I got this coronavirus. I don't want to get it. I'll be very blunt. There's people out there right now, if they don't hear the good news of Jesus Christ, they're going to spend eternity in hell. Do you trust God or not? Will you be as these men and turn back and go and share the truth that Jesus is alive? I know maybe it sounded a little harsh, but I think we have an amazing opportunity right now to go and share the gospel. People, they're hurting out there. They need Jesus. And many people are just sitting in their houses. We need to go out. We need to share with our family members. We need to share with our neighbors. We need to share what Jesus has done for us. We read it earlier. We need to be the feet and go out there. We are called to go out and share the gospel, no matter what's going on in the world around us. I just thank you so much. I, just, I hope this message spoke to you in some way that we can read this story about these two men and how Jesus brought them back to the word. And they came back and they turned. They turned back to fellowship. They turned back to Jesus. They turned back to faith, knowing what they would face as they walked back because they trusted God. I challenge you, share your story. That's what we need to do. Share the testimony of what Jesus Christ has freed you from, how he's freed you from the bondage of your sin. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this message. I thank you for these two men and how you revealed yourself to them and how you revealed yourself to each one of us, Lord. How we see the truth through your word and the prophecies fulfilled. Lord, I just pray, Lord, if any of us have fallen to the sin of fear, that we would repent of that, Lord, and we would turn to you and we would put our trust back in you where it belongs. The one who has created everything known in existence and breathed life into us 
That's where our trust should lie. We should be obedient to you, Lord, in your word and go out and share the gospel and share the good news and share the hope that we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because many people out there, they don't have that. And they're living in fear, not knowing they're scared to die. They're scared if I get the virus, what will happen? Maybe I will die. What will happen to my loved ones when they die? We can bring them the hope of Jesus Christ. And they can know the truth. We don't need to fear death. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would just use this message. And use this, just bless this time. Just protect your church. Give us strength. Just set a fire in the hearts of your followers. That they would turn, turn back to being witnesses. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please stay online for a bit. We have some worship still. Again, if you have any prayer request, please, please let us know. If you have any questions about who Jesus Christ is or what would happen to you if you were to die tomorrow, please text me. I'd love to explain to you the hope that we have found in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we now have a promise, a promise of eternal life in heaven. This is a free gift, free gift. Jesus has given this to you at a great cost to him, but free to us through our faith in him. So please, Message me if you have any questions. If you're wondering what's next in your life, or you want to hear my story about who Jesus Christ is, let me know. I'd love to share it with you. God bless. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you soon.